Hi, my name is Mark, and welcome to the Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is where we have conversations about house church, microchurch, and what it looks like living the everyday mission of Christ. Joining me in the living room today are Joseph and Hannah Dickens, and I'm excited to have them in the living room and have conversation with them today. Uh, Our theme for today and our conversation with this couple is going to be around being married and on mission, and just hearing their story, their examples, their uh, practical ways that they live out the mission of Jesus, especially as it relates to them being a married couple, and even more specifically to being a newly married couple. So Joseph and Hannah, awesome. Welcome. Welcome. Good to have you guys here in the living room. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Good. Awesome. Well, we're glad you're here. And I could spend a, a lot of time talking about you guys. We've known each other for a long time, but rather than me steal it and steal your time, you guys just share with us a little bit about yourselves, about uh, what you do for a living, uh, where you work, and, and, and all of that. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're Joseph and Hannah. We've been married for about three and a half years, um, live here in Northern Kentucky um, in Independence, and... Um, I work in market research. It's a very kind of typical corporate job. I, well, before COVID, sat in a cubicle, um, do a lot of spreadsheets, super thrilling stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm Hannah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a storyboard artist and illustrator for a little motion studio here in Cincinnati. Fun stuff. We make videos for companies and tell their stories. So, yeah. Awesome. And so you said you've been married... Three years? Three and a half. Okay, three and a half years. Four in October. Yeah. Crazy. That is crazy. It's gone quickly, it feels like, I'm sure. Um, Yeah, storyboard artist. uh, Her job is way cooler than mine. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I was just going to say, it kind of sounded way cooler. It's either spreadsheets or storyboard stuff. That sounds all, yeah. When it comes to our work life, we could not be more different. Like, (laughs) I sit down on, like, a giant spreadsheet of numbers and feel at home, even though it's really boring, and... Like she can pull out a, her iPad and like draw this beautiful thing in, you know, three minutes. And I, I just, I don't understand it, but. And I know, like, tell us a little bit about your affections for Disney. We love Disney. <laughs> I'm actually um, working on a project now for not Disney directly, but they 3D print nice. ears that go on, like interchangeable ears that okay. go on a hat. So that's been really fun. That would be a lot. So, so we get to wear some of those, like yeah, this, if you this, want. That, <laughs> I do. I would. I would want you're to wear, some wear them every day. Yeah, that's right. No, it's good. No, I, as I said earlier, it's just great to have you guys here, and and really, kind of the, our conversation today is going to be around, as I said, this theme of what it looks like to live out the mission of Jesus as a married couple, and even specifically as a new married couple. Um, and so just kind of talk to us here. We've got a few things we want to, want to ask you, want to kind of engage you with as far as the theme today. And so let's just jump right in as a newly married couple. Uh, how has Jesus's mission impacted your marriage? How has it impacted the decisions you've made together as, as a married couple? So the first thing I would say, and I think it's kind of important to set this up like this is that I think 
who we are as individuals and who we are as a couple is profoundly impacted by other people in the church. So we are, you know, of course, ultimately because of Jesus, but, but we are where we are today because of how people living on mission towards us have impacted us. Um, whether that be, you know, definitely our families, but, you know, people like you, Mark, and, and other leaders all throughout our lives who've been very intentional in relationship with us. And probably what we're going to talk about a lot for the rest of the, the time today is kind of playing into that. But I think that that was like the first thing that came to mind for me is that the that whole idea of living on mission has impacted us by making us who we are. Um, but then I think that plays out too in how, you know, we're trying to live as a married couple. Um, and I think one thing for us, and, and as we were thinking about being here with you today and talking about this, one of the kind of big overarching themes I think in our lives is that Hannah and I are both introverts. Um, we're very much fine and comfortable being cooped up in our house. Like to be totally honest, when when COVID hit last spring, like we were we were <laughs> living like, our best lives. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like we had every excuse to to not have plans. Like we genuinely love being together. So like That's good. for the two of us to spend a week together at home and not see anyone is very fun and natural for us. But like that's what? also glad we didn't have kids though yeah. that would have been a whole other thing yeah we yeah we understand talking to a lot of our friends with kids that the the early COVID experience with kids was very different um but i think that while that's you know there's some health in that there there's also a lot of danger in that when you're believe you're supposed to be living on mission for jesus that part of you know well all of that starts with having relationships with people mm-hmm. and if we aren't the type of people who naturally crave that and need that just generally speaking it's that's like the first barrier for us to need to overcome is to, to force ourselves to get out of our house or to bring people into our house um so i think that like there's a lot of practical things i think we'll probably get into but i think that's like a big thing for us is just really intentionally being intentional uh, like making a point to just look at our schedule and in where I think some people struggle with like their schedules too busy. We, I think need to be intentionally filling it up and it can get busy with stuff that doesn't matter, but we need to make sure that we're filling that schedule with things that are, are purposeful. Yeah. I think it, it's so important. I love that you said you're natural in introverts because I think a lot of people have this idea of living on mission. Well, that's just for people that are outgoing and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so natural for them. And maybe it is a little more natural just in the way of building relationships. But I think it's really important for us to hear you both say, yeah, this is, this isn't our natural bent to be out outside, you know, engaging with people yet. There's a, there's a purpose for why we need to be doing that. There's a higher calling, if you will. And it's Jesus's Mm -hmm. mission. That's really driving us to kind of, Get out of our comfort zones, if you will. And I think I just think that's so good to hear because I think there's this misconception that well, I'm I'm not outgoing, so I'll just leave that to the outgoing people. Mm-hmm. But obviously Jesus didn't say that. You know, go make disciples. He didn't only didn't just say that to the outgoing people. Right. You know, that's to all <laughs> disciples need to be doing that. And I think there's a, a an element there too of like we all I think have our unique gifts whether we're talking spiritual gifts or just like talents, generally speaking, that may, you know, you may have some people who are more effective evangelists or more effective 
um, disciplers of, of, you know, a small group of believers are more effective in being hospitable and reaching their neighbors. But just because like natural gifts and talents lead you to be better at that doesn't mean that everyone else has an excuse to not do that. Um, you know, I think we're all called to make disciples. And, and while some people that may more come more naturally and they may from the outside look quote unquote better at it, that doesn't mean that the rest of us can just use that as an excuse to, well, that's that person's gift. I do this over here. Yeah. So, so if I'm hearing you right, what I'm hearing are a couple of things that are kind of coming to the surface when it comes to you guys living on mission is one is how you live on mission has been greatly impacted by how you've seen others mm-hmm. live on mission. And then two, understanding a lot about who you are naturally in the sense of, Hey, we're, we love to be home. That's not a bad thing. That's a great thing, but it does force us to have to be even more intentional, maybe more so than others when it comes to our schedule and being intentional about building relationships with people that, that need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else with that? That comes to mind. I was like going along with being intentional. It's been nice having a house because we can have people in our home. And so it's kind of the best of both worlds because we don't have to go out or <laughs> go to, I don't know, somewhere crowded with a lot of people. We just are comfortable in our own home and we're just like, yeah, just, you know, come into our life. And we, I think we wrote in our uh, marriage mission statement that we did with you guys that we wanted our home to feel like safe and a place of refuge and for other people like other couples and our friends and things so that's been fun too that's Mm -hmm. good that's good so give me some examples of some of the decisions that you've made together as a as a newly married couple um when it comes to making those decisions through the lens of of living out jesus mission of making disciples and so forth yeah i think um so we did, we just moved. Um, the first three years we were married, we lived in an apartment. Um, two of those years was a very traditional kind of suburban apartment complex. You need tons of matching buildings with what, 12 units in each building situation. And we just bought a house um, in the fall, which is a huge blessing, uh, kind of a just typical neighborhood house. Um, but when I remember us having very specific conversations when we bought the house that we would, it was a little bit further away from the city, um, you know, a little bit further away from the, the action, so to speak, where it was very natural to be like kind of the center point for our friends. And so we, we talked about like, we need to be very intentional that our house doesn't just become a refuge for us. Mm -hmm. Um, that we don't just use our house as a place to seclude ourselves and to rest and to recoup, but that we use our house as a place to bring people in. And especially like we don't have kids right now and we bought a three bedroom suburban house. Like, and yeah, that's with the intention that we will have kids in the future, but we've got a lot of space right now for ourselves, which again, huge blessing. Like I don't take that for granted, but we don't want to, we don't need all that for us. We want to have people in our homes. And that was something we talked about when we were buying the house and when we were moving um, and then something I thought was really cool that was, was mainly Hannah's idea was about the day that we moved and like specifically the time of day that we moved. Do you want to share? A uh, yeah. Bit about so that? we moved on Halloween, which we closed about, I think a week or so before that. Um, and we specifically gave ourselves the week, but we wanted to be in by Halloween so that we were there for trick or treating. So that when everybody was going to be out and we could say hi and introduce ourselves and be like, Hey, we live here now. You know, it used to be a rental property. Um, so we could, we actually went from house to house, like on our, our, 
uh, cul-de-sac. I was just like, hey, we, you know, like, we live in the house up there. Nice to meet you. You know, we're just and Hannah. This is our dog. <laughs> we had her with us. Um, so, yeah, that was cool to just, and especially right before winter, because it, Halloween was kind of the last time that people were outside That's before true, yeah. it got cold in November and December and people got busy with the holidays. So that was really important. Yeah. And I just want to give huge props to Hannah for that. Cause that was totally her idea. Her, she was the one that's like, we need to be in, you know, again, me being introvert, needing my time. I'm like, I do not want to go meet people after I've been moving all day. Like that's the last thing I want to do. But she was very much like, no, this is a great way to meet our neighbors. This is a great way to, you know, very naturally not have to be the awkward new couple that's like knocking on people's doors in November just to say hi. Okay, um, I feel like that was me making it easier on ourselves so well, we didn't have to go door to door. We're just like, oh, everyone's already out. Great. We'll just right. make our way around. Yeah, just, but you just use a natural. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah it's right, not awkward yeah. because everyone's right, already outside. Absolutely. But yet, but you saw that as an opportunity for mission too. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. this is a natural opportunity mm-hmm. for us to just get to know people, build mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah. That's and awesome. I would say that's where like, I think we balance each other out really well that like, well, we're both introverts. I'm, and you'll, probably get this if you're listening from the conversation like i'm the talker in the relationship (laughs) hannah's the thinker and the doer so like i can while i'm an introvert i can carry on a conversation with anyone no problem like i'm not uncomfortable about that but i don't think to do that on purpose where you know christmas time comes around and hannah just goes out and buys supplies and bakes bread for our neighbors like i would have never thought to do that if the neighbor came over sure i'd talk to him have a great time but like she intentionally made a point to you know take that step of building a relationship to go buy supplies bake a loaf of bread wrap it up nice and take it to them and uh, i think it's just little little things like that when you're building relationships with people like it's not about this one dramatic moment it's about just being in people's lives yeah i mean so if you just okay so for those that are listening just take that last statement that joseph just made and like pin that someplace i don't know (laughs) right um because it's so true it's not i think so often we look at this mission of making disciples we're trying to do it all in one big event or whatever and what you're what you guys are saying what i'm hearing from you is no this is just an everyday life kind of thing Mm -hmm. it impacts the kind of house we buy right Mm -hmm. and and it impacts when we move into this house it impacts um, we're going to leverage that now that we're new, we're going to go around to the homes and introduce ourselves to the neighbors. We're going to be out for trick or treat, you know, and getting to know people. It's it's all those different things, but there's an intentionality behind mm-hmm. it too, is what I'm hearing. Absolutely. Um, you talked the, about the differences between apartment that you were in apartment mm-hmm. previously, yep. right? And then a house, anything else with like the differences of, of how to, how do you live out Jesus <laughs> yeah. mission in an apartment <laughs> complex as opposed to, or in contrast to the home? Absolutely. I think, and I, you know, I can't speak for everyone or speak for every apartment complex or every city. I know for us though, being in an apartment complex, I think there was something to the fact that you were living physically so close to other people. I mean, literally sharing walls with multiple other families that like everyone was very secluded and like didn't really want to build relationships with their neighbors. And I don't know if like if that's just like a subconscious thing of like, these people are so close to me, I need my space. Um, But it was very hard. Like there were times there that we would try to, you know, talk with our neighbors or again, you know, the year before Hannah baked bread for everybody in our apartment complex and we took it around at Christmas time. And um, 
everybody's nice, but there was just, you could tell there was no real like desire to become friends with the people you live near. Um, the way that we finally started to overcome that shortly before we ended up moving from the apartment complex was we got a dog and I'm not going to sit here and say we got the dog with, you know, we're getting a dog to live on mission. But pro tip, <laughs> but, if you are trying to meet new people and talk to random people, get a dog or have a baby because anybody will talk to you. <laughs> They're like, oh, your dog or your kid is so cute. And then you just like stand there and talk to them. That's great. It's so true. And I mean, we like <laughs> legitimately great. the first friends that we really made after living in this apartment, the, the second apartment we lived in, we'd been there for almost two years, maybe no, over two years. And, um, we got a dog, started going to the dog park at the, at the complex and every day, twice a day, every, cause our dog had way too much energy, <laughs> she was a puppy. but made friends. And like, to the point that actually just last week, some of the friends that we made at the apartment complex at the dog park, we had them over for dinner. That's they brought their awesome. dog over, you know, the dogs could play in the backyard and it was like a weird dog play date, but it was, you know, when, for us, it was kind of an excuse to have those friends over and just try to become better friends with them. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So let me jump in here for a moment because I have this picture in my mind, right? You're, I, I envision you guys with your dog, you're living in the apartment at the time and you go to this dog park and for somebody that's introverted, right? Even doing that can be difficult <laughs> where you're like, I don't really want to go and talk to anybody mm -hmm. at the dog park. So walk us through, walk me through how did that even happen? Because for someone, does that make sense? Like yeah. you go, you're like, I don't really want to talk to him, but then, so how did conversation just strike up then? I mean, honestly, it's just happens. Like yeah. you just put yourself in a situation where it's, it's more awkward to not talk to someone. Yeah. Cause you're all standing around kind of just <laughs> awkwardly watching your dog. So you might as well talk and you know that you're interrupted because if somebody's being rough or whatever, you have to go get them. But so it just happens. We just got Could to just yeah, you're like, oh, cool. well, how long have you lived here? And are, like, are you guys married? How long have you been married? You know, like one of the couples, um, the guy was from the UK. And so, and he had a, still had his accent. So we were like, oh, where are you from there? And so you just kind of like sure. learn things about people. Yeah. And I think in those situations, like, I don't want to sit, sit here and sound like every relationship that we built at the dog park turned into, you know disciple makers all around the world but it's like some of them were just very surface level you know talking about the weather or the terrible cincinnati sports teams like um right but then you've got the one you know these two friends that we've now made and have gotten together with even after moving away from the apartment and have plans to get together with again um it's just stuff like that i mean I just want to give another shout out to Hannah because like these same friends that were really trying, you know, we were kind of joking. I hope they don't listen to this, which I don't know why they would, but, but, but like just little things that, that Hannah thinks of. So we, Hannah got me for my birthday this year an espresso, like the, the instant espresso machines. I'm, I'm in love with it and we made coffee for them and they really liked it. So the next day, or she a couple like, days this after. like Starbucks at home. She loved it so much. That's like, <laughs> great. Hannah gets on Facebook Marketplace, finds a, a used Nespresso, buys it, and is just planning on dropping it off and leaving it at their door. And it's just stuff like... Well, you they're, know, we, they're getting married. They just got engaged. But she would have so, done it anyway. Well, I probably would have. But <laughs> I'm, I'm using it as a wedding gift, like a sure. early wedding gift to give to them. But just those little things. Right, like, right. You're showing people you care about them. And that it's not just, you know... We want this to be more than just, oh, our dogs like to play together. Like, 
we want to actually build a relationship and build a friendship with you, not just let's have you over because it'll get our dog's energy out and we can sleep through the night. Like, um, that's helpful too, though. I'm sure it is. Right, right. But it's I a think, nice perk. yeah, <laughs> like those are just the little things that that she is better at me of thinking to do those things and helps me live on mission in that way. It it makes me think of um, an episode number one and when we were talking to Kyle. Kyle talked about just kind of defining discipleship. Mm-hmm. And he it, he talks about how discipleship is, is friendship. And that's really what I'm hearing you guys say. It's mm-hmm. like the, just that steps of building and making disciples before a person actually becomes a follower of Jesus really begins with just building that friendship and that mm-hmm. relationship with people. Anything else that comes to mind it, as it relates to apartment <laughs> Living on mission in an apartment situation is a, in contrast to, a, to having a home and living in a neighborhood. Yeah, I was going to say, I wanted to get back to that question because like that, so the apartment piece was like, it, it took, I think, a little bit more specific like action intentionality to like, it took us getting a dog, going to a dog park, having conversations there. Um, we're at a, at a house, I think, again, in our experience, I know this won't be the same for everyone, depending on where you live and who your neighbors are, but for us, like that's coming a lot more naturally. I think in the neighborhood we live in, people are just outside, generally friendly. They want to talk. And I think where the flip side of that is, is not letting that become too natural and still having purpose in mm, that. And that we're not just, just shooting the breeze over the fence, talking about, you know, the weather, like you're my neighbor and I want to, have a relationship with you because I have this hope and peace in Jesus that you need. Um, and not forgetting that when the conversation does become very natural and normal. Yeah. One of the things we talk about, and I've shared this before is I think a lot of times within the church or as disciples of Jesus, we've reduced Jesus's mission to just being a disciple instead of making disciples. And I love what you guys are talking about because Hannah, you're you know you're this doer. You're this intentional person where you're just like, oh, let me let me just act on this, right? But yet you're doing it with through that lens of of mission, and there, and and so it's not just hey, we just want to yeah, we want to be a good neighbor, we want to be a kind neighbor, and we want to be friendly. But like you're saying, Joseph, there's more to it than mm-hmm. that. We have this hope in Christ, and that that we want to share with people. And so I think there's a big distinction there that you're bringing out and that's bubbling to the surface again is this this idea or this need or this truth that, listen, living the mission of Jesus is not just about being a disciple. Mm-hmm. It's making disciples. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about as far as just the house and apartment and contrast and what that looks like living on mission? I don't think so. I mean, just okay. if you have a house, use it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, yeah. it sounds dumb, but like, and I'm, I'm preaching to myself right now, just as much as I am to anyone lis- who's listening, like, don't let your house become like your own space. Like you have been given, if you, if you're blessed enough in this world to own a house, like you've been given that for a reason. And it's not, I guarantee you that God's purpose in that is not just to have a comfortable place to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said something earlier that your house, you don't want your home to just be a refuge from life or from ministry, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's contrary to a lot of thinking in the sense of, man, my home is my 
you know, it's my refuge from, from the world and from whatever, but you're, you're what I'm hearing you guys say, and you're having people over for dinner, you're out in your neighborhood, you're doing all these things. It's, you're using it as a means for ministry, as a mm-hmm. means for building those relationships. Which it, it is a refuge. It's almost just bringing other people into oh, that refuge. Good. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. just for us. We want other people to feel safe there, to, you know, feel the love of Jesus, even if we're not saying it explicitly right away, right. you know, they just can feel it. Yeah. And that's a great point, Hannah, you bring out that, yeah, it is a refuge, but it's a, not only a refuge for us. Mm-hmm. We want to bring others into that. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. I think that's really good. Um, what are some of the things that you've been talking about, thinking about as it relates to living out the mission now in your new neighborhood? Anything new? Well, we got really lucky, honestly. Um, this is like kind of a cool God story that may not be totally applicable to everyone. But for us, we accidentally moved into a neighborhood where a house church that's part of our network of house churches was already being started by a friend of mine that I've had since high school. Um, so definitely not the normal situation. But like genuinely, when we were looking for houses, we had been to this friend's house one time. And so when we were looking at houses on, you know, Zillow, we didn't put two and two together on the map. And then as we're driving there with our realtor to, to see the house, we're like, wait, that's, that's Abe and Kinsey's street. And then we take the very next turn and our house that we ended up buying is literally a five minute walk from, from these friends who were starting a house church. And, um, that was kind of how we knew to like, oh, okay. Yeah. It, had, it had previously been on the market and it fell through and it was like randomly back up after so long and so it was just like oh okay 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 god cool we'll, we'll do it <laughs> yeah that's good so i think with that i mean we've been very blessed to be able to kind of step into that and just come alongside them um in the sense that, you know they've been in this neighborhood building relationships with a few couples for years and we honestly are just getting to reap the benefits of all their hard work um as far as like having a church in our neighborhood goes you know they're they've done a lot of um, like the groundwork and paving the way for that to be possible. And now we're just getting to kind of come alongside and, with them and hopefully, you know, going forward, I hope we can be a, a part of helping that to grow and helping to disciple these co- other couples. But like, it's just such a blessing to walk into that situation. And I think like the cool thing from what they've done, our friends, Abe and Kenzie is like, they've very intentionally, on their specific street met these couples and built relationships with them and you know we're one street over and i think this is like i'm gonna go into like house church big time conversation now like (laughs) just going from the mindset of like we're a church in the cincinnati area and we need to reach cincinnati like this has made me think okay abe and kenzie have their street what am i doing for my street like right around the corner. I don't, I mean, I do care. I don't care about Cincinnati right now. I care about the five houses around me because the next street over, I know somebody's got that covered. Like somebody's doing the work over there. So what am I doing on my street so that we now have two streets covered by the gospel? Well, then it's a ripple effect because then everybody on that street yeah. will tell their family or their coworkers or whatever. And then that those people, you know, it just is a ring that keeps expanding. Yeah, that that's good because I think, again... It's so easy when we think mission, right? We think this, let's just go take the world for Jesus. And we say that and then 
we don't do it. <laughs> we don't, you know, we don't do any, because I honestly, I don't think we know how to like bring it down to the level that you're just talking about. Like you're just saying, yeah, you do care about your city. I know that that's why you're thinking about the people on your street, but yet it's so easy. Well, let's, what's, what's this ginormous event that we could do. Yeah. And you're just like, you know, let me just focus on the families that God has put me mm-hmm. around and let me just love them. Well, let me just reach out to them. And I just think that's so powerful for, for anyone because I mean, most of us live in an apartment or in a neighborhood or right. Or, and if we could have that mindset of, let me just focus on the people where God has placed me now and let me think about them Mm -hmm. and let me get to know their names. Let me get to know their needs and what makes them tick. And, you know, almost I've heard somebody say, it's almost like you become the pastor of, for those on your street, mm-hmm. you become that person. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a powerful thing because that's to me. I hear that and I go, okay, I can do that. I, yeah. You know, I, I I can get to know people on my street, even though it might be uncomfortable if I'm an introvert, whatever. I can do that. I can start there. Um, yeah. Anything else? How you kind of went that direction with the house church? Talk to us a little bit about that for a minute. The impact that's had on you guys. Um, yeah. Well, I think it would be, if you don't care, I'll kind of give my church story of how, you know, and I think a lot of, a lot of this Hannah and I echo each other. So jump in if you have differences that, but like we both grew up in Christian homes kind of, I mean, have, um, very kind of typical Christian kids, salvation stories. You know, we, we both grew up with, with solid Christian parents that raised us to love the Lord, um, became Christians at young ages. Um, and it's just kind of been a slow burn growth versus this like dramatic 180 turn at, at a single point, you know, or later into adult life. Um, but grew up in very traditional Christian environments, you know, very typical church atmosphere. Um, and then I went when I was in college and, and Hannah um, later in high school, we're both involved in, in very big church kind of 2020s mega church style churches. Um, and then living church, you know, came into my life and, and the house church thing. And, and for me, it was a very, it's very different than how I, I had pictured things. Like I, back in, in college, I was very like, I'm a nerd, I'm into tech and, and production and stuff. And so I loved like, that was, you know, I feel like in the heyday of these churches, lighting systems and crazy projections and productions. And, and you know, it's essentially a, a concert. Um, and so I, I was eating that stuff up just because it was cool. Like, I just liked it. I, I wasn't really thinking about it as a pro or con in the sense of like mission. I was just, it was cool. Um, and so then, you know, long story short, for those of you listening, Mark was my youth pastor and he had kind of gone off on his own journey that I'm sure you'll hear about on the podcast someday. And, uh, then, you know, we kind of through a, a series of, of God events that could take a whole podcast to tell kind of came back together and I became part of living church. Um, and I know from early on, like I remember conversations that, that we would have in our leadership meetings early on where I would be pushing for us to get lights for the church, you know, just, and I would, I would justify it all. It'll just help people focus better when they're there. And it, but I was still had this mindset of like, it's about making things look good and it's about making things appear nice and it, you know, for God. Yeah. But like, it's, it was very focused on this idea of producing something. Um, 
And then when Hannah and I started dating, she was still very involved in, in a, a large church setting like that. And as we were getting closer to, you know, at the time, Living Church was meeting on Saturday, her church met Sunday morning. And so we were just kind of as dating going kind of double dipping. And then as we were getting closer to getting engaged and married, we had a decision to make. And for a while, we actually, I left Living Church and went to the church that Hannah was a part of. And, um, you know, I don't want to say anything to disparage any of that. It just, we, through another series of events, found ourselves back at Living Church. Um, So all that to say, like, I've seen a lot of different ways of doing church. And I think, like, for me personally, and I know maybe, you know, some of the guys in the first couple episodes may feel differently than me on this. I don't know. Like, I don't feel comfortable personally saying like house church as a model is the only way to do things. Like, I think there's probably very biblical churches that meet in an old school building with a steeple. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want it like for me, I don't want this to become about house church versus quote unquote traditional church as a model, but like without sounding all whatever it's seminary over here. Like <laughs> I just want it to be about biblical church. Right. And like, I don't think the biblical church is defined by the kind of building it meets in or the necessarily by the size of the congregation. I think it's defined by what it does. It's just a style preference too. like, mm-hmm. for me, the biggest thing, and I'd been going to the same school, same church my entire life until I was a freshman in high school. And so switching churches was like, oh, there's a different way to do things like this is complete 180 like people are excited to do to be here and to do this like you know it's just a very standard like everyone does the same thing and they've all grown up in it and it was so outreach focused that it was like all these new baby christians that were like so on fire for the lord and but there are people that would because of that because it's so outreach like there are people that would never come introverts maybe like us who would maybe not come to a gathering where they have to talk to six new people mm-hmm. the whole entire time <laughs> right. or they feel like their past is you know too crazy for someone to handle the first time they meet them and so they go into a room where they don't know anyone and no one can see them it's a dark room like that's that's good for some people yeah. too so it's it's just a style and preference. i think with that so i was thinking about one of our best friends um he came to know jesus at the megaist of mega churches in Cincinnati. Um, and I just think I want to say that because I, I think there's something here about how God uses different situations, but ultimately how people who truly know Jesus end up in relationships. He, this friend of mine, his name's Andrew. If he listens to this, I hope he is okay with me sharing this, but he would have never come to a house church. Like he was anything you think of as, like a stereotypical Christian was not Andrew. And he'd be the first person to tell you that. I remember I went to a concert with him um, before he became a believer. That was the the concert venue had bought an old church building and used that as their concert venue. And, you know, he made a joke when we got there and realized it was a church building that he couldn't go to the concert because he'd catch on fire if he walked inside. <laughs> like this is, you know, he was very self um, proclaiming that he was not a friendly to Christianity sort of person. Um, but, through myself and another friend just kind of encouraging him and you know this other friend that went to this huge church inviting him he could go sit in a dark room and start to hear things and god used that in him and he became a believer there and i mean it talk about like 180 transformation like there's no denying this guy became a believer it wasn't it wasn't about an emotion it wasn't about in the moment like god changed his life Mm -hmm. 
But the key there is almost immediately he realized he needed more than a Sunday service. Like he realized that I need to be in community with people. I need to be around other believers. I don't, this isn't just about me going into a building on Sunday and listening to a sermon. It's about me living all of my life. And I mean, now years later, like there's not a better example of a more hospitable, more giving, more loving person than this guy. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, one of those guys that genuinely like I could count on there to be there for me immediately, no matter what, was going on like he would drop everything if if someone really needed him and i don't think that's because of being in a service that's because jesus changed his life Amen. and showed him that he needed to be in community with believers we yeah. love you andrew if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's so important to bring out that in order for us to grow as followers of jesus we have to be in community with other followers of jesus hmm. i mean that's just that's biblical you know, Acts chapter two, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to the fellowship. You know, there, there was this priority of being together mm-hmm. as followers of Jesus. Uh, and I think that's so important to bring out. And and I think, you know, too, like you said earlier, it's about being biblical, most important above all. That's, that's what we want to be. We want to be a biblical church. And I think doing things in, in homes and, and doing things the way that that we do in house church is just removing a lot of the barriers. It's not the a large church that looks more traditional can't be biblical. I think there's probably right. plenty of them out there, but I think there's so much that can get in the way of, you know, I remember Kyle joking about like in his episode about the color of the pews, like that's just dumb stuff that just gets in the way when you have, this big organization, those are decisions that have to be made, but they don't reach people for Jesus. Like blue pews are not better than green pews at reaching people for Jesus. And I think when you, unless unless blue's your favorite color, well, (laughs) right. Yeah. Unless you're in Kentucky and you got the wildcats. (laughs) That's right. But no, but I think like doing things in homes and the reason that, that I think we've both become so passionate and believing in, in, house church and in being in homes is because it just makes all of that happen naturally. If I'm living in community on a regular basis with the same people that I'm quote unquote doing church with, it just happens naturally. So when, you know, the other night we needed something that we didn't have, it was natural to call Abe and Kinsey, who also happened to be the pastors of our house church and our friends and our neighbors, like that all just comes together. Um, when, you know, we have all text and group message chains with someone sick, someone's kids in the hospital, you know, whatever, like these are our friends and they're our church. These are the people that I hang out with for fun and the people that encourage me or correct me when I'm screwing up. Mm. Um, and I think all of that, like, I think really what all this comes down to, and I kind of feel like I've gone all over the place, but like, it's about relationships. Like, and I think, house church living on mission as a young couple, like all of it comes back to building relationships with people with a purpose of reaching them for Jesus. Yeah. And I think again, that phrase, you've said it a couple of times now, I think we could probably just use that as, as a pretty good summary of, of what disciple making looks like, right? It's building relationships with a purpose, Right. And that purpose is bringing people into the understanding of who Jesus is and the gospel and what he's done for them and their need for him. 
And I think that's so important. Um, as we kind of turn our conversation in, in a little bit, is there anything, any encouragement that you would want to, someone that's listening to this, you, you would just want to say to them or maybe a challenge um, or maybe something you didn't say that you want to say? Um, <laughs> anything come to mind? I would say, I mean, just be in relationships with people. Um, every interaction that you have, you have for a reason. Um, the other thing I would say, and I'm totally stealing this from Mark, um, <laughs> but if you're a believer, I would imagine most of the people listening to this are, you are part of a body. And I'd always grown up until Mark brought this to my attention, hearing the analogy of, you know, the, the not the analogy, but the, the scripture about if a, you know, the hand can't, I forget the specific body parts, but the hand can't <laughs> say to the eye, I don't need you, you know, vice versa, and just walk away. And I've always, up until recently, thought of that as more of an individual thing of like, I need to be doing things as, as part of the church. Like I am a important part of the body. But I think that actually is a pretty selfish way to look at it. And something Mark has really brought to my attention and, and to our church's attention is that the body needs that hand. Um, the body needs that eye. And so if you if you aren't living on mission, if you're not living as part of the church, you're not just hurting yourself, you're hurting your whole body of believers. Mm. Because I don't wanna live my life without any of my body parts. Like that doesn't sound very fun. Um, and I think I would just encourage you if you're listening, take responsibility there. I think, you know, we're such an individualistic society. We're all focused on me and my rights and my abilities. And I think the church is so antithetical to that. The church is all about community and we just have to constantly, because of the culture we live in, constantly check ourselves on that, that we don't have as believers, we don't have personal rights and personal freedom in the sense that we talk about them in America. Like we're part of something. If we're a believer, you're part of a body, whether you want to be or not. And you have a responsibility to that body. And I think it's okay. Like for that to be part of your motivation for mm -hmm. what, why you do what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Hannah, how about you? Anything? Um, kind of going along with that. I would say just like to summarize that, know your strengths and your weaknesses, like in, within the church and ask God to magnify your strengths and also to like, I guess, strengthen your weaknesses, That's like just good. be yeah. there for your weaknesses so that like us being introverts, like make, we're aware of that. And so we're extra careful to, you know, have people in our home to make sure that we're doing things. Um, just ask God to show you ways that he can use your weakness too. Yeah. I th this is so good. It's so good. I mean, we've covered a lot of ground <laughs> in about 40 minutes time, I think, from just practical stuff when it comes to how you live out the mission of Jesus in an apartment, <laughs> how you live out the mission of Jesus in a brand new neighborhood, what that looks like as a new married couple, that intentionality, that relationship building, how you do that even as someone that's naturally introverted. I just think that's so, so important to bring out. Because it's not an excuse, right? It's not. <laughs> Wish it, it, it were. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, it's not an excuse for not living out the mission of Jesus, and it's, it, but it's leveraging it too. It's, it's like you said, it's understanding that about ourselves and saying, okay, I know that about myself. How can I leverage that for the mission? Mm -hmm. You know, what do I need to do to even use that the way God's made me to 
to build a friendship, a relationship that's on purpose for mm-hmm. the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and so we've covered a lot of that, covered a lot of things about house church, which is so good. Um, so, so let me talk to those of you guys that are listening right now to, to this conversation here in the living room. I want to want to ask you guys a question, something for you to think about. So, so here's a question: What is your missionary takeaway from today's conversation in the living room? And by that I mean, as you grow in living as an everyday missionary, what's one truth, one action, one next step that maybe you've heard from Joseph and Hannah today that's kind of bubbling to the surface? So you say, you know what? That's a next step that I, I can take when it comes to living out Jesus's mission. So so what is that? Right? As we've talked even today in the conversation, we talked about how we can just kind of leave it in the arena of talk and not, actu- not mm-hmm. actually do anything. I want to challenge everyone that's listening today to say, what's an actual step, an action step that I can take this week to living out the mission of Jesus and, and to do it? And let's just see how the Spirit of God moves as we walk in, in, in obedience with Him. Guys, thanks so much for, for joining uh, me today in the living room and being part of it. Love you guys. So proud of you guys. It's just really cool to just see the see the the grace of God and that uh, we get to live out the mission of Jesus together. And so, uh, Joseph, would you mind just kind of closing closing our time in prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. God, thank you. Um, God, just for building your church. Thank you that we get to be a part of that. I think. Um, maybe the first step to us understanding our responsibility as your children is to just remind ourselves what a privilege, privilege it is to be part of your family. Amen. Um, God, we don't deserve that. We don't deserve to, we don't deserve to even talk to you for that matter to, to be called to live on mission for you. Um, it makes me think of my dad in the, in the military and talking about, it's an honor to serve. Well, God, it's an honor to serve you. Mm. Um, so God, I just pray that as, as we go throughout our evening this evening, you know, the, the few of us here in this room and, and everybody listening, whenever they're listening, God, that you would convict us, remind us to be intentional with our time, with the gifts you've given us. Um, if, if we have a means to record and listen to a podcast in this world, we're blessed. Um, and we've been given things by you to steward um, for you and for for making disciples for you. So God, I pray that you would, as, as Hannah said, that you would highlight our strengths as believers and then overcome or improve our weaknesses so that we can serve you in every way possible. Um, we love you, God. We thank you for Jesus, for his sacrifice for us. And so Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Thanks so much for listening and joining us in the living room today. If you found today's conversation helpful, pass it along. You can find episodes of our Living Room Podcast conversations at living-church.com or anywhere you find podcasts that matter. Until we meet again here in the Living Room, make much of Christ, make disciples living the mission of Christ, and multiply churches for the glory of Christ.